This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Saturday Squeeze is your shortcut to being informed weekend style. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. Claire, it's been another week of cricket news. And we tackle the issue of rising costs of childcare. So that's in context to the cost of living crisis. It's quite a big part of all of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also the role of the ACCC, which listeners will be thrilled to hear we're tackling on our easy breezy Saturday morning. Uh, Also NATO, a big summit coming up there. Uh, Lots to talk about and lots of things to watch out for. Yeah, it's definitely something to watch. Recommends is a doco and some socks. Let's get into it. Most clicked link though, Claire, out of the Squiz Today email this week was a link to a story about a 91-year-old male model. Yeah, and it's good that our squizzes like us like the lighter side of things. Well, the most clicked link recently has been quite heavy news, so we're back to this lighter news stuff, which is great. Yeah, and tell me that there's a picture of a 91-year-old hot Spanish guy <laughs> to look at, and I am absolutely there. He does come all right. Oh, yeah. He, he does Silver very well. Fox. Apparently, he's uh, very good at posing which is part of the art. A link to that is in your episode notes if you're curious. Biggest story this week, Claire, was undoubtedly the Ashes saga. Sunday night, our time, controversial run out. Do you think I need to go over it? That's the question. We've done it a couple of times, but set the scene. Let's set the scene. So very quickly, Johnny Bairstow, English wicketkeeper, was batting. He was stumped by Alex Carey after he wandered out of his crease before the umpire called the ball dead for the over. If none of that makes sense to you, I'm not sure I can actually help (laughs) any more than that. But basically, you don't really need to know the ins and outs of the rules of the game because this is a conversation about sportsmanship and whether what Alex Carey did was in the spirit of the game. And um, this played out at Lords, which really is sacred territory when it comes to cricket. Uh, Lords is overseen by the Marlebone Cricket Club. And if that doesn't ring any bells, it's the MCC. It actually is sort of the founding launch pad of cricket Mm -hmm. it's where the rules are made so it really is this sort of very venerated body Um, at Lords there's a thing called the long room which is a section for the MCC members again very very highfalutin very precious it's fancy it's very fancy very fancy exactly there's a 29 year wait list to get into the MCC so that you can go into the long room but can we just stop for a second because during the course of all of this we discovered Claire that women were only allowed entry to the long room in drum roll 1999 unless you were the queen unless you were the queen she gotta go which was nice. It's wild though. That was not that long ago. Um, I was looking at the footage of the Aussies walking through the long room and we'll get to the story in a minute. Not many women still. Still not very many women. Of course, when you look at that, it's a lot of blokes. Um, Back to what happened though. The Aussies, as they always do, they walk through the long room as they were heading off to lunch. They were heckled, which is very unusual. Security actually had to get involved. Those pictures were really quite striking. Mm. There's a couple of elements to it. One, of course, in the whole discussion, did the Aussies do the right thing? But really, the observations about those MCC members. And a few of them have been suspended. Um, Their membership's cancelled. 
field. There's not much support for the behaviours of the members, I guess. And you have a recommendation. We're getting early into recommendations this week on this exact point. Yeah, so Marina Hyde is a columnist for The Guardian. She really is a stunning, stunning writer. Um, She did a column this week and she called those blokes a bunch of baying gin hounds whose wives buy their pants. Sweeping generalisation. (laughs) But, I mean, it really is worth looking at that footage. Um, And she's a great writer. It's It's a really good piece. To the game itself, though, and this is where the conversation now really is, there were lots and lots of views Mm. about what happened on the Mm. field. We're not cricket commentators, Claire. We're not going to go into the ins and outs of whether it was right or wrong. But we do read a lot of news. And the (laughs) difference between the reporting here in Australia and the reporting in the UK, quite something. Yeah, to say that our national presses the UK and the Australians took sides is a bit of an understatement. (laughs) Um, So the English Telegraph, um, underhand dismissal was the verdict on their front page. Uh, England lost the second test despite a breathtaking century by Captain Ben Stokes. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Daily Mirror said that it was heroes and villains, exclamation mark, (laughs) on their front page. Uh, The Daily Express and the Metro, they both had the headline that it just wasn't cricket. Yeah, so that's the UK papers. The Aussie papers, on the other hand... (laughs) This is the News Corp titles around the country, the tabloids. It's quite long. Bear with me. Our message to the hypocritical, sanctimonious, whinging poms who can't accept they were beaten fair and square. We're two up, baby. (laughs) That was their front page. The nine papers had Ash's Day of Outrage. And this one's not a newspaper, Claire, but the brewery behind one of our biggest beers, Carton and United Breweries, put out a limited edition of VB and renamed it England Bitter. I just love this stuff. (laughs) People getting involved. It's fun. Um, And this one, of course, too, went beyond cricket and into politics. So Rishi Sunak, the UK Prime Minister, he weighed in via a spokesperson um, saying that the Prime Minister agrees with Ben Stokes that it's just not cricket. Yeah, Ben Stokes is the England captain. Our Prime Minister told Rishi Sunak to stay in his crease. (laughs) It's all happening, Claire. Yeah, the third test match has just started. If we win that, we've won the Ashes series and that'll be the first time that we've done it uh, on English soil since 2001. Imagine the headlines if that happens. And all I kept thinking throughout all of this was remember a few weeks ago when we were all united around cricket because of that Bluey episode? Sportsmanship, the life lessons, (laughs) the lovely, warm, fuzzy feeling of cricket. It's gone. Yeah, yeah. Very competitive. On to the new story we're talking about. Claire, there are so many components to this cost of living crisis, as it's been called, and we've talked about a number of them. Yep. One of the big things for many families is the cost of childcare. You and I have been talking about this this week, so this is mm. what we're going to cover, mostly because we're always interested in policy and mm. what's going on and, you know, something's in the news, we, we just get into it, but also because it's something I'm in the thick of with two kids, you know, under the age of three. Right in the thick of it. Right in the thick of it. Um, Also, over one million Australian households used childcare last year, so it affects a lot of people. It really does, and it's one of the biggest stories about our economy, to be honest, Mm. access to childcare and making sure that families have options when it comes to how they're going to work and how they're going to spend their family time and raising families. And it's in the news specifically this week because of the one July changes, 
which you'll talk about in a second, changes, yes. uh, but also because the ACCC is looking into the sector uh, and they released an interim report. Um, the fact of the matter is that since 2018, childcare fees in Australia have increased across all services. There's many different types of childcare mm. uh, between 20 and 32%. And so the headline news on that this week was that that's a lot more than inflation. Yep. The question is why, um, as you mentioned, this is all tied up in a bigger news story around the fact that the childcare subsidy mm. has changed. The Albanese government had an election commitment to make that more generous. Yeah. Um, but then there's this situation where fees are going up. So the ACCC is very focused on whether this is fair, whether these price hikes are justified. Yeah, and that's why the ACCC is involved. It's our Australian Tell us about the competition and Consumer Commission. Um, one of their main jobs is to make sure that there's no price gouging and, mm. and this is a sector that's sort of ripe for looking at those issues because there's many inputs into their prices. Um, it's really important to get to the bottom of what's happening with this because the government's goal with this policy is to make childcare more affordable yeah. for families and also to make sure that childcare providers are sustainable. Yeah. It's really quite a complicated formula. So a couple of dot points, I guess, to get into the detail. Give we us do the like detail. getting into the detail. Um, one of the things they're quite interested in is that the government subsidy is capped at an hourly rate. So bear with me, but um, anything <laughs> above the cap, no subsidy. So if you're, um, if the hourly rate is say $12, which I think it, it about is, yep. is what the government will subsidise. If you're getting 50% subsidy, you're getting $6 back from the government in every hour. Yep. Anything over that $12, you're not receiving a subsidy. Yep. And so the ACCC is interested in why that seems to have increased quite a lot since 2018. That's one part of it. The other part's the hours and you can talk about that. Yeah. So when it comes to hours, of course, there's many families, you probably have come across this yourself where you book in for a day of childcare but you actually only need half a day mm. but that whole day is what you have to pay for. The question is within the system how we make it work the most efficiently so that more people have access to childcare that they need. And that is a big topic of conversation yeah. at the moment actually finding a spot yeah. for your kids in childcare is a big thing and um, for the childcare providers um, part I guess what they say is they're arguing that inflation, increasing costs of operating, rent for childcare centres and also increases in staff pay are contributing to higher fees. There is a lot to be said and there has been for many many years about whether childcare workers are paid enough exactly and of course bringing them up to a rate where it's a great occupation to go into that they can retain staff when they're in there it's a really big question and it's something that probably needs to be answered as we go through all of this mix around government putting more money into childcare and childcare providers doing their job. Shout out to the ones that look after my kids. Oh, They're yeah. amazing. They're amazing, <laughs> amazing people. The great economic cycle was on, Claire, I guess, yeah. in and amongst all of this because this all yeah. feeds into a bigger conversation about how we tackle this issue of inflation as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Of course, inflation is the name of the game at the moment. And Philip Lowe, the Reserve Bank Governor, says that people need to work harder and not just get these pay rises. They actually have to be more productive and childcare is a big part of that puzzle. I guess it's also very emotional when it comes to oh. things like looking after people and care and the care economy. It's an emotional topic. Yeah, and your little people who, you know, who is, who's looking after them, are you happy doing what you're doing? It's a, it's a whole puzzle to work out. Precisely. On to what's coming up. Coming up this week, Claire, um, <laughs> we've just been through the ins and outs of the childcare system, so now we can talk about NATO. 
Light and breezy edition today, isn't it? <laughs> um, this is in the news for what's coming up because the North Atlantic Treaty Organisation, NATO, uh, is having its big annual summit in Lithuania. I love the way Alice says Lithuania. How does I she can't, say it? She has a beautiful enunciation with you in it. Oh, yeah, okay. she's. Yeah, no. She's like I mean, a... I had to look up where Lithuania was on a map. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I wasn't quite Give it to sure. Us then. Well, it's just above Poland and next to Belarus. Nice one. Which is right in the thick of where things are happening it at the is. moment. So it is. It's going to be quite a thing. And quite symbolic too, yeah. of course, because yeah. of all of the issues with Russia's invasion of Ukraine. They've got their big summit. It's two days starting on Tuesday. Um, NATO has, of course, been in focus since Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Uh, it's a membership-based organisation, Western European countries, the United States and Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, just to refresh memories, uh, one of the reasons that Russian President Vladimir Putin what he gave for launching what he called that special military operation um, was worries that Ukraine was going to join NATO. Yeah, that's right. And as far as he was concerned, that's bringing that NATO, that Western European organisation and the United States way too close to his border. Yeah, and of course, just to expand on that a little bit, if you're a member of NATO, if one nation is attacked, the idea is that you're all bound together um, to defend yourselves. This means that nations are expected to commit 2% of their GDP, so effectively their income, to defence spending so they have troops and equipment to commit to any big group effort that might be made. Yeah. Side note on this, you wrote this note for me. Yeah. Not many NATO members actually meet that threshold? No, and that was one of the big reasons that Donald Trump gave for his America First agenda. I totally forgot this. But yeah. You, yeah, I'm very much reminded of how cranky yeah. he was about how much yeah. America was committing to NATO. Yeah, and was threatening to pull out of all of these organisations because right. the United States was carrying way too much of the burden. Mm. Um, and just as an indication, I guess, to let you know how much Australia spends, we've recently made big new commitments to defence spending and that puts us above that 2% level. So if you think about all the news that we've had recently about those big projects like the nuclear powered Mm. subs, that just gets us above 2%. So it's quite a bit of spending. Uh, $52 billion worth of spending. Well done. Nice one. (laughs) I think that you wrote that note as well. Um, I guess uh, I guess just to focus back on what's going to potentially be talked yep. about this week, the focus will be Ukraine. Yeah, without a doubt, it is the biggest thing on the agenda. Um, of course, when it comes to NATO, uh, the question about whether Ukraine can join is still on the table and what they're expecting out of this meeting is a bit of a sense that what that pathway might look like, mm-hmm. but certainly not until after the war. So yeah. that's something that they're going to be discussing. Um, the other thing to note is that we're going. Anthony Albanese is attending that. We're one of four non-NATO countries to get a special invitation. Um, Also going is New Zealand, Japan and South Korea. Kicks off on Tuesday, as you said. What else coming up this week is less global politics and um, it's just the Super Netball Grand Final, um, which I'm very excited about. It's between the Adelaide Thunderbirds and the Sydney Swifts. It's tonight being played in Melbourne. I'm hoping for an Adelaide win this year. I think I said a few weeks did, ago yeah. that I was sort of on the Adelaide I've Thunderbirds. I've been following them as a result, okay. so thumbs up for yeah, the Yeah, I feel like it's their year, but the Swifts are very, very, very good. good. And yeah. I think uh, my pre- my prediction is no matter what, it's going to be really close. Yeah, so it's right. worth a look. Okay. Um, Sunday morning, the Aussie women are hoping to retain the Ashes with a win in the final T20 match of their series. They actually lost this week, so a yeah. um, bit, of, bit of work to do there. Get up 
tomorrow morning, 3.30am. It's going to be... <laughs> or quick, don't. You can get a whole game of cricket before breakfast. <laughs> so that's a good one. Um, one thing that caught my eye for the week coming up on Monday, the White Island Volcano uh, WorkSafe trial begins this, in Auckland. Yeah. Um, of course, remembering back to that, it was the end of 2019, that big eruption. Um, 22 people lost their lives. There were many others who were very seriously injured. There are 13 organisations and people who are going before the court around work safety issues. Um, it's not relating to what happened on that day. It's in relation to their preparation to be prepared for a big event like this. Yeah, God. And just uh, 2019, it just seems, yeah, like such such a story that sticks with you. Yeah. Um, Tuesday is World Population Day. We did a shortcut on shrinking populations this week, Claire. I'd been yep. asking for this one for a while. <laughs> we often think about the world being overpopulated, but yep. Japan and South Korea in particular are concerned about shrinking populations. So we really get into the ins and outs of what's going on there. Yeah, it's an issue very much for developed economies, making sure that there's enough people to at least replace mm. or have a big migrant community come in to be able to keep the country moving forward. So it's Which an is what we learn in the shortcut. Indeed. And you can learn too. Indeed. <laughs> Wednesday, of course, we can't get too far away from economics and reserve banks. No. Uh, Governor Philip Lowe is out and about. He's giving a speech to the Economic Society of Australia. They're having a big conference and it just never stops for him at the moment. No, that's a bit going on for Philip Lowe. Also on Wednesday, it's State of Origin Game 3 in Sydney. Queensland have already won the series, so... Yeah, who cares? <laughs> I'll watch it still. I know you will. I it's don't care. Glitch, you know, it's redemption or something. <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, Rugby uh, League was the winner on the day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> on to our recommendations. Quiz recommends Claire. Uh, first, I need to know if you enjoyed Wham! Exclamation <laughs> mark. <laughs> Loved it! Exclamation mark. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's just such a fabulous story. And Andrew Ridgely, I'm just in love with him. Yeah, you're really a big oh. fan, aren't you? Yeah, I did some stalking. He's a bit of a silver fox these days too. Is he? Oh, yeah. Okay. And single, I think. <laughs> Andrew Ridgely, you heard it here first. Claire's available as well. <laughs> oh, for me this week, um, another gear shift for us. Um, we're talking about Ernest Shackleton. So I watched the documentary called Shackleton, The Greatest Story of Survival, which it really is. If you don't know anything about Ernest Shackleton and his journey to Antarctica in, I think, 1914 it was, um, very much recommend this documentary. He and 28 crew lost their ship and managed to survive on Antarctica for months and months and months and months. Um, and then he, he traversed the ocean to, to get out, to get them rescued. Um, it's a spectacular documentary and it's a story well worth knowing. I feel like it's one of those really massive stories that mm. we should know a lot about because it's got such a huge Australian element. It does. So the photographer that documented the trips, so there's all this um, footage and imagery from yeah. the trip, was an Aussie. Yeah, Frank um, Hurley. I, I think he's fantastic. He also went to the Western Front and took a ton of photos in World War One. So yeah. incredible bloke. We will pop a link to that in your episode notes. It's on Binge um, if you have well Binge done. or Fox. I'm going to watch that, absolutely. You're going to watch that? Okay. Yep. You've said that you recommend that Marine High column yep. so you've ticked that off but also we promised socks <laughs> we did promise socks <laughs> so our very valued co-worker Lara uh, she's got some socks that she loves she had a trip to Crookwall recently which is in regional New South Wales just yep. down the main highway um, she bought some socks from Lindner uh, they're a an Aussie family company uh, she got the Max Thick socks I went 
deep into the whole, they're like tough on the outside, well, not tough, but they're strong. Yeah. And on the inside, they're very padded. And oh, like I love a, that. Like a terry yeah, toweling. I love that. Or very soft. Yeah. She said they're nice and warm. Um, it's a company that's run by Andrew Lidner, who is a 10th generation sock maker it's such a nice family story yeah. and lara doesn't get passionate about a lot of things but she's very she passionate about these socks so I think she gets passionate about a few things but we're a very passionate group it's hard <laughs> to get your passions noticed that is, that is true but um yeah highly they come highly recommended if you're in the market for a pair of you know <laughs> socks for this these winter months um as always links to all of that is in your episode notes and of course in the saturday squeeze newsletter as well squeeze press Squeeze Press, Claire. School holidays for some of our larger states is coming to an end. So Squeeze Kids is back. Squeeze Kids is back. There's a new schedule of content. So they've done quite a bit of work in the last bit around talking to the audience about what they're using, what they find value in, Mm. uh, how they can actually get across more of our content. So uh, there's going to be some adjustments based on that feedback, which is terrific. Yeah. And never fear for those who love what they do already. Um, It's the same kid-friendly news podcast, the same shortcut. Squeeze the world for teachers out there that use the resources, the same curriculum aligned in classroom activities, just rejigged a little bit to a new schedule, as you said. Um, The details of all of that are on the Squeeze Kids website. Claire, for those listening who are going, what's Squeeze Kids? (laughs) Give it to us in a couple of sentences. It is what we do with Squeeze today. Basically, a really great, pithy, lovely, terrific summary so you can get on top of things each day for kids. For so kids. you yeah. can get kids engaged in a conversation about the news. They can start being a little bit literate around media. We're really passionate about making sure the next generation actually can become critical consumers of news. You have to say critical consumers of news. That's Bryce's big thing. Absolutely. And, um, of course, aimed at primary age children. So anyone who hasn't heard of it, if you have primary age kids or if you teach in a primary school, it's a good one. jump onto the website and have a look. Thanks as always for listening to Saturday Squeeze and we'll be back next week. <laughs> <laughs>